0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Davey Hudson alongside Denard Walker. And on today's show, we're going to get into the three things you need to know about the Titans. We're going to continue our breakdown of the Titans 2020 draft class today. Talking about defensive tackle and fifth round pick Laurel Murchison. But before we get started, I want to ask do you believe? If you are a fan of the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories. And that includes iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can find us at Believe.com and online at Believe Podcast. If you want to follow me, you can do so on Instagram and Twitter at Davy underscore Hudson. That's D-A-V-E-Y underscore Hudson. But let's go ahead and jump right in with the three things you need to know. At number three, the Titans preseason week one matchup against the Washington Redskins has been changed. It was initially scheduled to take place Saturday, August 15th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is now taking place at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and there will be a simulcast on the NFL Network. Number two for this week, as it relates to the Titans minicamp being underway, one report from Yahoo Sports' Charles Robinson says that the target date for squads to return could be as early as June 15th or as late as June 27th. We all know with the coronavirus impact, it has delayed sports schedules across the calendar. And we're still uncertain of when things will be back for the NFL and other leagues. But that is one report and a time period to keep an eye on as the Titans get set, along with other teams, for the 2020 season to take shape. And finally, number one on the list, Clowney Update. As it relates to the Titans, I have no information. I will say that there's a couple of reports that the Browns believe that they have a good chance of landing Clowney and that they are possibly interested in a long-term deal. That's one of the things I don't believe you will have any of the front runners like the Titans or the Seahawks be willing to give at this point for the number he's been asking. But again, it's just a report that's out there. Haven't seen anything official, but multiple Browns accounts have picked that up. But still, Clowney Watch continues. And that is the three things you need to know for the Titans that have happened over the course of the past week. And that will lead us into our main story. This week on Believe in Titans, as we continue the talk surrounding the Titans draft picks for the 2020 NFL Draft, we are on to fifth-round pick defensive tackle out of NC State, Lorel Murchison, who the Titans selected with the 174th overall pick in the fifth round and is expected to come in and play on the defensive line right away. Denard, whenever we are looking at Murchison, he's one of those guys that I think you would say he has that grit, started out as a JUCO player, worked his way to getting a Power 5 scholarship offer, and then with two seasons at NC State, turned himself into a fifth-round draft pick. When you watch his tape, what is it that stands out to you about Murchison?
0: Oh, man, I'm, I just get excited getting a chance to really break him down this whole week. He's explosive. He's explosive. And I love what the coach, Kevin Patrick, uh, his coach at NC State State said, that the Titans are going – they got to steal in that fifth round. He is absolutely one of the most explosive players I've seen in the country. And this is what I love about him. He's raw. He's raw. And that is a coach's dream. When I got a guy basically – He is on the up and up, which means he's just now starting to touch the surface of where he can be. He can be as explosive. He can be as good as any defensive lineman drafted in his past draft.
1: When I look at Murchison, one of the things that uh, GM John Robinson talked about was the night after day two of the draft, going into day three, that Murchison was the last last prospect that he was looking at before he closed his laptop that night, and he had to wait over 60 picks for Murchison to fall to him since the Titans didn't have a fourth-round pick, but... Here is what his draft player bio had to say, but Murchison started his collegiate career at Lewisburg College, which is a couple hours north of his home in L- Elizabethan, North Carolina. He was an honorable mention junior college All-American and a top 50 JUCO recruit after his second year at Lewisburg. Murchison redshirted his first season with the Wolfpack and then earned the team's Defense Alignment of the Year Award as a 13-game starter in 2018. With 34 tackles, eight for loss, four sacks, one interception, and two pass breakups, he stepped up his game as a senior, garnering second-team All-ACC honors after leading his team with 12 tackles for loss, seven sacks, 48 total tackles, two pass breakups in 12 starts. Denard, when we're specifically looking at the Titans right now, obviously they traded defensive lineman Jarrell Casey to the Denver Broncos and had a hole losing him and. Devin's lineman Austin Johnson during free agency is Murchison the type of player that you expect to come in and be playing meaningful snaps right away
0: yes and the reason I say that is very plain and simple he can play two positions he's very versatile that's one of the things I noticed on film I broke him down against Syracuse I broke him down against Louisville he lined up at the Syracuse Syracuse game excuse me on the at the nose tackle position and I mean, he was disruptive. I've watched a game against Virginia. I broke him down. And this is a play that I love at the nose, at that nose position. He basically clubs the guy, the center uh, against Virginia. He knocks him on the opposite side of the uh, field. I, that's how, when I talk about him being explosive, that's one of the things that I loved about him. And he was so disruptive. Uh, in that Virginia game that I think he had about two sacks. And that's one of the things I love about big number 92, Laurel is that when you cut on that fam number 92 always stands out. And I go back to Florida State game. Again, he, not, he lines up at the nose tackle position. Again, when I talk about versatility, when you can line up at the nose, and then you can go back some of the games against Duke where he lines up at the defensive end position of Florida State again when they played him in 2019, he lines up at the D.E., And that's one of the reasons you love about the Titans, that you can mix them. You can mix them in a rotation at either nose guard or defensive end. And he's very disruptive at both positions. And that's what you love about him is his versatility. That's why if you coach Terrell Williams for the Titans, you know you got a steal on your hands because you think about it. you got Jeffrey Simmons, Daquan Jones, Jarrell Casey, of course, left for Denver. So he can come right in, right away, and help really uh, fill in those shoes or that gap where Jarrell Casey left. You know, where he was playing. So I look at this as a steal. I look at a guy right now that can come in and give your defensive line an edge, and he can play again, multiple positions, and that's what you love about him.
1: Whenever Murchison was getting his measurables at the combine, he came in at six foot two, 297 pounds. His hands were 10 inches, and his arms were 32 and 5 eighths. So he does have some size to him, which obviously to play defensive line in the NFL, you have to have. If you're looking at a player, I guess, that slips into the fifth round. What is it from from his side of things that he needs to improve on that allowed for him to slip and fall that far in the draft?
0: Well, nothing really. I think that's the thing of when people look at this draft. You got a lot of guys in, in the last two drafts that I remember that didn't even get drafted that had really great college careers. Um, it happens all the time because you got so many guys and you got so many needs. And unfortunately, sometimes you may have a draft that it's – a defensive end draft, or it's a quarterback draft. So you're looking at certain guys at certain positions, and then you might overlook some guys at some position because there's no need. That's the thing. I take for me, for instance, I go back to 1997. I was in a great position because that was the year of the corners. People were looking for cornerbacks. So, of course, I went 13th in that draft. So you think about it. There was 15 corners that were taken in the first three rounds. That's a lot of defensive backs. Literally at one position at cornerback. The thing that I love about Laurel is this. He's in a great situation because he's going to a team that right now they need somebody to come in. They can plug in at the defensive end position. He right now has all of the tools. I'm telling you, Davey, he has a chance to be as good as any fifth rounder out there. But the simple fact is he's still growing. And that's one of the reasons he probably went so late in the draft is because a lot of times when, when scouts see him, he's still learning. He's raw. I mean, he hasn't played that much football, and that's one of the things that his father alluded to uh, in a conference is that my son is basically raw. He started late, and as you can see, he went the junior college route. He basically redshirted in 2017. But the thing that you love about him is he had a chance to learn. Now, when he had the chance in 2017, he had a chance basically to sit for a year and watch guys like Bradley Chubb, Kadavia Street, who's now with the 49ers, B.J. Hill, who's with the Giants. Dorian Rosenborough, who's now with the Ravens, that's considered the greatest defensive line ever assembled at North Carolina State. So, what does he do? He learns for for the best. And what did he when he got his turn? Look at look at what he uh, how productive he was. So that's what you love about him is that he's just raw and he's still growing.
1: A guy like Murchison is somebody that I can see the team really wanting to use moving forward. And whenever you're looking at coaching, I mean. I know you've talked about how you're kind of expected to already be at a certain level when you get to the NFL, but for the Titans and Mike Vrabel, I feel like when it comes to linebackers and the defensive line, like that is his bread and butter. Whenever he's been working out players through the past couple of years in pre-draft looks, working with the defensive ends is something that he really resonates with. And and then once he's gone inside with some of the defensive tackles. So I am happy that this is a guy that will be able to get coaching from a guy who is a, Able to get in there and be physical with the defensive line
0: well that's that's Mike Vrabel. if you ever look at look at the way he played the game, it was one hundred percent lights out when he played at Pittsburgh, he played like everything Mike did was full speed. He coaches that he put a emphasis on that. He's not looking for a guy to come in who's got all of these accolades, you know a first rounder who thinks he knows it all. He's looking for a guy just like Larell. And let let, let me give you a couple games. I go back to the Wake Forest game. This is what I love about Larell is that he goes full speed every play. Now, one of the things that Kevin Patrick, who was his coach at North Carolina State, initially brought him in to North Carolina State when they redshirted him a year, he really pushed Larell. But one of the things he would do is make him watch a lot of film. And he made him study himself. The way that you get better – is to look at yourself, look at your footwork. When he came in, he was raw. He couldn't even get in a proper stance. It was like watching guys when The NFL bring guys over from Europe. They call it NFL Europe, and they would let guys come over, basically, and, and just try to just learn how we play the game over here. And a lot of times, those guys, they can't even get in a proper – just a little stance. He couldn't even do that when he first got to North Carolina State. But one of the things that he loved about L'Rell was he was coachable. That's what you love about him. He's teachable. And he asked Laurel a response. He says, what did you learn from year one to year two? He says, coach, I learned that I can get better. He learned that I'm going to give 100% in everything I do, every drill. One of the things Laurel said was that he would never come out of camp. He would never go into camp out of shape. That is a plus when when a guy will tell you, I will never come into camp out of shape. That's the first, that's half of the battle for most guys is being in shape. And you can see how that has carried over to the field for the last two years. I go back to a game against Wake Forest. And let me tell you something. This was one of the best plays that I've seen all year. Like I said before, when you cut on that field, number 92, he shines. He runs down on a, a handoff, uh, a back. The back goes one side. The rails coming from the back side. Literally runs the back down. That's why he had those in 2019, 12 tackle for losses. When you were a defensive lineman, you plan either DE or you plan the nose and you get a TFL, which is tackle for losses. And when he runs the back from the backside, man, that's called hustle plays. You can't coach that. You either have that or you don't. I go back a game against Syracuse where the quarterback literally, he's coming off the edge. Again, he could have stopped like some linemen do. They do, they take a break, but not L'Oreal. What does he do? Runs the quarterback from behind on the backside. Again, that's a hustle play. You can't coach that, but that was something that Coach Patrick really put an emphasis on is just just hustling, and that's what he was able to do at North Carolina State, and you're watching that. That's going to carry over uh, to when he gets to Tennessee, and that's just going to be a plus for the Titans' defensive line.
1: Denard, whenever you're looking at Murchison's style of play, I guess from a concern standpoint, the, the main point of emphasis that Scouts had was due to – Lower body tightness and it was kind of restrictive. Could you explain a little bit more about what that might mean and how that would impact a player like that?
0: It never should impact a guy. What it should do is should drive a guy. First of all, as a former player, listen, guys don't listen to that. Those are for scouts. That's what they do. They basically they're writing all of these. Uh, he's this. He's that. You know, all these kind of. You know, he possessed this, he lacks this. Guys do not pay attention to that. As a former player, I'm going to tell you, a big-time scout, and I'm going to give you his name, Mel Kuyper said, Denard Walker probably will be nothing but a special teams player, okay? He's too tight. His footwork is terrible, um, but he, he has the physical attributes. He's six one. he weighs 186 pounds. He can play safety, but he just lacks the – he's not consistent on every play. Well, how is it that Denar Walker ended up starting as a rookie for eleven games, and then he stepped, and before that, he was a nickelback for about three games? How is that? How does that happen? How did how do you go from you you can't do this to now all of a sudden you're a starter? See, guys don't look at that. What guys look at is that film. What coaches judge you on is what you put on film. We don't look at measurements. Guys don't look at tightness. That's something that you can improve on. But sometimes that's what a coach is for and not necessarily a scout. And that's what Larell, when I watch that film, I can go back to Louisville game. He is shedding blocks in a zone when Louisville is blocking this zone, real tight zone gap, and he basically sheds two blockers. You, you either got, you, you, either have it or you don't. I go back to the Florida State game. I basically, looks like he's blitzed. He comes off in coverage, makes an athletic play, grabs the ball with two hands, a two-hand interception, beautiful. You can't coach that. That's not tightness, okay? That's not stiff. Again, that's where a guys can get in trouble. Sometimes you can read too much. And I always tell guys this, don't read what people are saying about you. Just read, you know, really take in what you kind of think about yourself. That's what I mean about looking forward rather than looking to your side or looking behind you is always stay forward so you don't get caught up in all of that.
1: Denard, okay. whenever you're looking at Murchison playing at NC State, and obviously it's one of the things now where players are used to transitioning more often from a 4-3 to a 3-4, or vice versa. With the versatility that Murchison has, where do you expect to see him play for the Titans coming into this season?
0: I'm anxious to see him play the nose. I mean, he is very disruptive in that, at that nose uh, position. Uh, he is as good as I've seen a player I mean, when you think about that 3-4 defense and you talking about usually you got to take on two guys. And he's, he's as explosive as I've seen a player on film all season. And the thing that I go back, I love to watch film because film doesn't lie. I go back to a game, like I said, the, the Virginia game. When you can club a guy and basically literally within seconds you're in that backfield, that's called being disruptive. That, keeps, that gets that quarterback out of the pocket. It keeps him moving. That's a win for the defensive line. When I talk, when I break down, like the Wake Forest game, where it literally he's basically shedding the block of two guys. That's hard to do when you get in double team, but he's able to do that, and he's consistent at it. And that's what I love about him. He doesn't have all of the physical attributes that we love to see all the time from guys. You know, he's not going to blow you away with his size and his looks. But again, I tell people all the time: do not look at measurements because you can't not measure a guy's heart. When he steps on that field, he is a he is one hundred percent all out every play. Every time I see number ninety two from NC State, Larell just jumps out at me. It just he just makes play after play. And when I have a defensive lineman that's disruptive every play, that tells me he's consistent. And that's what they want to see at the next level: Are you consistent, or are you that guy that makes one play and then take one play off? That drives coaches crazy. Again, I go back to what him and Coach Patrick talked about. Larell says something when he was at NC State in 2017. He said, what I want to do, Coach, and he was telling Coach Patrick this, is I want to go every snap, in practice, 100%. Every drill, 100%. I don't care what I do. I want to do it 100%. And he bought into it. And look look, look what has happened. He's a fifth round draft pick, the 174th pick in the 2020 draft. He's a 2019 second team all was that was it all ACC?
1: Yeah, second team.
0: Uh, yeah, second team. I mean, look at what has happened, and let me tell you something. He should be very proud because the fifth round is called it's called the gem, the gem of all rounds in the National Football League. You know why? Because you got more guys that end up going in the Hall of Fame or having these amazing careers that come out of these later rounds. You know why? Because they haven't reached their full potential yet. They're just now starting to, to kind of, they just hit, and bur- they barely there as far as hitting all cylinders. We've seen guys like you remember Tony Mandrich when he came out of Michigan state back in 1980 was it 1989. That was a year when Dion and Troy Aikman, all them great players that came out the first five picks were hall of famers. Mandrich was the only one that didn't make the hall of fame. out of. And I'm not, this is not a hit. And Tony Manders, it's just that when he was coming out of Michigan State, they thought he was the greatest lineman ever that they've ever seen, that he had everything that well, at least Green Bay thought that they were going to get. And what happened? He didn't pan out. And that's what can happen sometimes. But how many times have we saw guys that has been taken in these later rounds, like Laurel? then all of a sudden they blow up out of nowhere. We see it every day. The The, the guy that we consider the G capital G-O-A-T, Mr. Tom Brady, was what, a six-rounder, what, 199?
1: Yeah, six-round, 199. Um, yeah, and, and, I'll let you throw the goat, goat around with him. I'm, I'm going okay. to step back <laughs> from that one, though.
0: Okay. But, you know, as I was saying before, you know, Davey, I can give you a list of guys that come out of that fifth round that basically you would be in awe that they got drafted that late. I can give you five names right now. I'll give you one. Rodney Harrison, remember for the San Diego Chargers? yeah. Great safety, New England, San Diego, I give you another guy that I play with, Shane Leckler, Raiders, Tech, Been in, in late forever. Gosh. I give you a Hall of Famer. Matter of fact, one of my favorite players. He's from Oklahoma City, but uh, he went to, uh, I think, Tol- Steve Largent. Remember Steve Largent, Seattle Seahawks in the 70s? Hall of Famer, great player. Denard, Mr. I was born in 1994, man. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you Marcus Colston for the Saints.
1: I do remember Marcus, yes. He was a Kyle really good Williams, player Buffalo.
0: Them. Matt Burke, Minnesota. Remember Matt Burke? I do remember uh, Matt, actually, yes. Ryan Fitzpatrick, still playing today. Those are some great – those guys had some great careers. But they haven't – they didn't touch the surface yet, you know? But what, what happens is those are the guys, they basically play with a chip on their shoulders, that's the way Tom Brady plays this game with a chip on his shoulder. You know why? Because he believed I should have been taken higher than those other guys that were taken before me. And that's what drives him in the same way that should drive the When I look at guys that come out of this fifth round, these Adelius Thomas, Ron Fitzpatrick, TJ Mazada, Cal Williams, Dexter Manley, you know what it's saying to me? That I myself can be just like these guys if I continue to work. And that's what you, you're getting in this guy is that he is still raw. He's still got a lot more learning, and he's still got a lot more evolving to do as a player. And that is scary because if, when you watch him on film, I'm telling you, number 92, he sticks out like a sore thumb. He is one of the best defensive linemen I have seen in, this, in these last two drafts.
1: Well, Murchison does have his contract already signed for the Titans. He did sign a four-year deal and became the first player of the Titans 2020 draft class to sign a rookie contract. So the good news is that he will be good to go from a contract standpoint whenever the season rolls around. With all that being said, Denard, do you have any closing thoughts on Murchison?
0: I would say this is that when he gets to Nashville, if I'm if I'm real right now, just keep working. Keep that same mentality that you had at NC State Bring that to Nashville, which means if you give 100 percent in everything you do, I'll tell the there's a there's a guy that I just had a chance. I, I, I played against him personally and, you know, him personally, probably he's probably the greatest, most recognizable face in the in, in the in the state of Tennessee. His name is Peyton Manning. And, and I love what Butch Jones said about Peyton is that when he would come back to Knoxville he always comes back to Knoxville to work out but he went into a coach's meeting and what was supposed to be a 30 minute meeting turned into a 3 hour meeting a lecture and he would go over one thing for about 45 minutes just one drill and he would he would do this drill over and over he would play this he would show him working out and he would do everything 100% the same thing Lorel talked about doing an NC State. That's what Peyton did at Tennessee. That's what Peyton did at Indianapolis. He did it at Denver. Everything Peyton would do was everything was detail-oriented. Everything had to be right. And if he keeps that mentality, that keeps you evolving. It keeps you working. So I would tell him, don't lose that. Because if you don't lose that, we may be talking about you 15 years later. as be- probably being not only the steal of the 2020 draft, but we may be talking about you as possibly being a Hall of Famer in the future.
1: And that is going to do it for us today. For Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson. You have been listening to Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, tighten up.